0: Lock Talk Radio. Welcome to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, the most listened-to internet radio show in the nonprofit sector, dedicated to helping your charity succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern-day fundraising success, and practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect landing point to learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books range from successful online fundraising to the use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. Guests on The Nonprofit Coach are leaders in their field who share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you and your organization move to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Click on Radio. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart.
1: And welcome here to the latest edition of The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we've got a very big pre-Thanksgiving here in the United States show for you. This is November 26, 2013, and I'm coming to you live from the world headquarters of the CAF America uh, organization, Charities Aid Foundation of America. As the announcer mentioned, you can call in and speak with our Page 2 expert, Deborah Kaplan-Polovey, today at 347-324-3080. You also can join us over in the chat room. I see some folks over in the chat room now. You can ask questions there, or you can also email me your questions at tedhart at tedhart.com. As always, here on the Nonprofit Coach, we start the show off with page one news. You can follow along on page one news by going to tedhart.com, click on radio links, You'll not only find the radio links for today's show, but all the very best links available in the nonprofit sector going back over the last couple of years of this program. Uh, We are now fast approaching our four-year anniversary, which will come up in March of next year. First up here in the uh, radio links for today, page one news, comes to us from Cone Communications. The Public Relations and Marketing Group have now uh, released their 2013 Cone Communications Global CSR Study. Uh, This is really terrific uh, uh, stuff, uh, talking about... Uh, the uh, corporate social responsibility and giving you more information uh, about the corporations that are covered in this report. You can download the report and get a copy for yourself by going to tedhart.com and click on radio links. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach is a reminder from the Nonprofit Times that they have extended the deadline for the Nonprofit PR Awards That deadline is now, there is a late fee, but you can still get in your submissions in a wide range of categories uh, as long as you submit by December 4th. Uh, And uh, they will be, uh, they have uh, the PR news staff and the panel of corporate, nonprofit, and public relations agencies uh, that will be the judges uh, for this, and they will uh, be honored at an awards ceremony spring 2014 in Washington, D.C. So, uh last year's winners included the United Nations Foundation, American Heart Association, Nature Conservancy and others. So check out all the details if you've done some good work in public relations in the nonprofit sector, you can find that at tedhart.com. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach Page 1 news comes to us from 101 Fundraising, the Crowd Blog on Fundraising. Uh and they're making a very good point particularly at this time of year. Uh, and the headline here is, Are You Ignoring Those Who Love You Most? And the point of this article, which I want to draw your attention to today, is there's so much emphasis on prospecting. Uh, there's so much emphasis on finding new donors, new supporters for your organization. Uh, whereas you have done so much work in building a relationship with donors over months, years, um, what are you doing to show the love for your current donors and to maintain the relationship that you have, and to renew support uh, for your nonprofit organization. So a very well-done uh, article and reminder uh, about the need to spend time uh, really developing the relationships of your current and past supporters. You can find that over in the radio links today. The Veritas Group uh, sends in uh, another uh, really terrific um, uh piece of uh uh information here uh, which is specifically about the five metrics for measuring success in major gifts. Now I've just spoken recently um, listeners know that uh, I was just spoke at the AFP conference in Rhode Island and then I was just last week at the uh, big AFP Congress in Toronto and topic uh was uh major gifts and uh, my uh, my book Uh, major donors uh, was the backdrop for that. But I really like what's being outlined in this article, which is why I've provided you a copy of it uh, in the radio links today um, that helps you really take a look at the return on investment, how you can um, measure the success of your programs, um, the value retention for current donors and moving them Towards five, six, and seven-figure gifts. Uh, so this is uh, well done um, information that I want to draw your attention to, and of course you can find that over in the radio links today. Um, it is uh, that time of uh, of our programming schedule. Uh, each month we have an expert uh, from uh, the uh, group over at GuideStar uh, that come in and provide us with updated information from GuideStar. It's known as the GuideStar Minute. And today we have marketing specialist Jenny Taylor with us. Jenny, welcome to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show.
2: Thank you so much for inviting me, Ted.
1: Well, it's always a pleasure to have someone each month uh, from GuideStar to make sure that we stay uh, abreast of what is happening over at GuideStar. And one of the reasons why we do that, which I'm sure you're aware and I want to remind our listeners, is because here on the Nonprofit Coach, a radio show, we do often speak of the six pillars of success that we've developed for nonprofit organizations online. Number one, of course, is a well-designed website, strong email program full of unique content about your organization. We believe the number two most important thing that charities in the United States can be doing to succeed online is to have what we call a strong GuideStar strategy. Um, and the reason that GuideStar is so important is because of the data that you have and those who use that data on a regular basis. So that's why we invite GuideStar each month to come and keep us up to date uh, with the ever-changing activities over at GuideStar. Uh, So, Jenny, thank you for joining us today. What's going on at GuideStar?
2: Well, as you know, Ted, this time of year is really big for nonprofits and for your listeners. It's all about end-of-year giving. It's the last fundraising push. So we've launched a campaign to help nonprofits fundraise more effectively in these last six weeks or so. Um, we have a new webpage, it's located at npo.gs slash and on it we've got some fundraising tips um, that will help nonprofits point to their impact.
1: Well, that sounds um, very, very timely, and of course the whole issue of, of impact, and measuring Im- impact, uh, is extremely important to donors. Um, so help us understand um, where GuideStar is providing service in that area.
2: Absolutely. So we've got some some tip sheets that will help nonprofits in this process, and some of the things that we recommend is, as you mentioned, and we're so happy that you're a big fan, um, updating your GuideStar Exchange profile is always a great way to show your prospective donors beyond the numbers. It shows what kind of programs you're doing and just the impact that you're having in your community.
1: And just remind everybody, Jenny, I mean, mean, certainly having a profile on a site like GuideStar, I guess there's really no downside to that. But we believe here on the Nonprofit Coach that the real reason why nonprofits need to be doing that and why it needs to become a fundraising priority is because of those who use your data and, and link in a variety of different ways to the GuideStar site. Can you give us just, because I think it's timely this time of year, just to remind people who uses GuideStar?
2: Absolutely. So we've got two big silos that this information goes out to. We've got much more than that, but giving season related, we have big foundations that do come to our website. They look to verify nonprofit status, but they're also really starting to look at the exchange data. Um, A new thing that we announced last week is that we are partnered with the Technology Affinity Group, and we have launched something called Simplify, and this is... A big thing that we're working on for next year, so stay tuned. But what our goal is is to have organizations enter the data into their exchange and have that feed into the grant making process. So instead of having to fill out all the different grant applications, we're hoping to kind of have a one stop shop that'll autofill a lot of those online applications for those big grant makers.
1: Well, that that could be a big uh, saving and, and also an opportunity to have some standardized information. So. Uh, once again, but but you also feed a number of websites that that yes. directly connect to high net worth individuals, foundations, and corporations who are looking for charitable information. Give us a thumbnail of that.
2: Absolutely. So we our data is pushed out to Network for Good, Just Give, Facebook Causes, and Schwab Charitable Trust. Um, so, we, uh, among many others, we have about twenty to thirty partners that get the information from our website. So, updated information is very important this time of the year to make sure that all those donations get to you.
1: That's terrific. That's terrific. Well, Jenny, any uh, anything else for uh, for this month's uh, GuideStar Minute?
2: Really quickly, we have a really fun Twitter campaign going on. It's hashtag IGive in the number four. And we're just asking people to print out a piece of paper that says their favorite cause and what motivates them to give and to post that on our Twitter page with with that hashtag. So it's really. Fun oh, that's great. Pictures coming
1: through. What a what a wonderful uh, what a wonderful opportunity for for people to show it in this giving season, and right on the uh, the heels of uh, or right uh, on the the eve rather of uh, Giving Tuesday, which I think uh, is a, is a great opportunity. So, uh, Jenny, thank you for joining us, and happy Thanksgiving. Thank
2: you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to you too.
1: Terrific, and we'll have a representative of GuideStar again with us uh, next month uh, for the holiday version of the GuideStar Minute. Back here on the Nonprofit Coach, uh, page one news uh, comes to us actually from the Secretary of State for Colorado. Scott Gessler has announced Uh, just recently, that they are going to have a first series uh, in Colorado on nonprofit board education. We're sharing this with you because we really want to applaud the Secretary of State of Colorado for taking so seriously the importance of strong nonprofits for a strong community. And training nonprofit uh, boards of directors is one of the first steps because, as I always say, uh, here on The Nonprofit Coach, uh, good governance and good boards of directors are not born. They must be trained. Uh, so uh, bravo to the state of Colorado and the Secretary of State, Scott Gessel. You can read all about it in the release from the Colorado Secretary of State at tedhart.com. I just mentioned um, with uh, the uh, GuideStar Minute, I uh, just mentioned that we are on uh, the eve of uh, next week's Giving Tuesday, uh, there is an article posted over in the Chronicle of Flansby drawing attention to the city of Baltimore and their very um, concentrated effort uh, called Baltimore Gives More. And this is in celebration of Giving Tuesday, uh, which is uh, an event on the Tuesday following Thanksgiving each year. Uh, And I'll just make a a note that uh, CAF America, uh, being uh, the foremost international grant-making organization here in the United States, follows Giving Tuesday uh, with a day of international giving. So uh, just mark your calendars. that. uh Giving Tuesday is December 3rd, 2013, and the Day of International Giving is December 10th, 2013. And you can get more information about the Day of International Giving at That's CafAMerica.org. That's C-A-F America.org. And more information about Giving Tuesday at Tedhart.com. Uh, next up here and uh, wrapping up our page one news so that we can get right over to our page two expert. Um, is to draw your attention to the Google Analytics Academy. Uh, They have a uh, a free uh, training program for you uh, that uh, is the Digital Analytics Fundamentals course. Uh, This was actually held in December, uh, but the course materials remain accessible and and now you can complete the lessons uh, for the Digital Analytics Fundamentals program at your own pace. Uh, You can find the link and all of the information uh, so that you can learn to become an expert for your organization on Google Analytics. And let's keep in mind that Google and the Google uh, world of services for nonprofit organizations are part of the six pillars of success for nonprofit organizations. That wraps up uh, page one news for today, and that means it's time for page two. I'm absolutely honored to welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach radio show as our page two expert today, Dr. Deborah Kaplan-Pulavi. Uh, Deborah began her professional career at Allied Jewish Community Services in Montreal, uh, Quebec. She has gone on to serve in many capacities, including serving as a research associate at Yale University's program on nonprofit organizations. She has taught at McGill University uh and many other colleges. Uh she writes uh on a regular basis for e dot com. As a consultant she has participated in several very successful solicitations and trained many fundraising professionals on how to succeed uh... in their positions and i know that she has led many workshops on the role of the board uh... so i'm sure that uh... she was listening intently with uh... the little shout out to the secretary of state for colorado because i think we both agree how important it is to uh... build and to train strong nonprofit organization boards of directors Her doctoral degree is from heller school for social policy and management at Brandeis University, and you can find her website at debbropalovey.com. And of course, today she's here live on the Nonprofit Coach. Debbie, welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach.
3: Thanks, Ted. I'm very excited to be with you.
1: Well, it's great to uh, to have you here today, and of course the uh, the topic. Um, but you're an expert in so many different areas. Our topic today is donor cultivation and the donor life cycle map, which you know, I think everyone who's listening today is intently wants to understand how this program in particular today can really help them prepare for a very successful 2014. But let's, let's take a step back um, before we get into those details and just give us a bit of a background information on uh, Deborah Kaplan-Polovee, the consultant.
3: Oh. Uh, Deborah Kaplan, probably the consultant, has been in development for—I'm not going to tell you how many years—but a lot of them. And the clients I deal with um, usually call because they want some help with endowment development programs or coaching in relation to their whole development operation. Um, and that's what I do. I do a lot of speaking, a lot of training. The next couple of months are just a huge number of workshops in training development staff according to the model in my new book, which I assume we're going to be talking about this morning. Or the Absolutely,
1: next. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, that's that's the main uh, n- main topic today. Um, so why don't we start off with sort of introducing the book and also. Uh, why you wrote this book, why you thought it was an important contribution to our industry.
3: I wrote the book for three reasons, and the first you just uh, talked about was I felt that I really had a contribution to make to the industry. I had a model, or I came upon a model of why we do what we do. I felt that there were countless books on what to do and how to do it, but not so much on why we do it, not so much a theory for development. So that's one of the main reasons I wrote the book. The second one is the book is very much involved with donor cultivation tools, mechanisms that we use to move donors along the donor lifecycle map, which I understand is posted on your website. People can really take a look at it as we're speaking. And I thought that we could do away with a lot of waste in terms of how we use these cultivation tools. And we keep talking about, you've already mentioned several times on the program about this time of year. This time of year we get countless letters, countless postcards, countless materials from nonprofit organizations, and I probably, like many of your listeners, throw most of them away. So I was helping with a donor life cycle map and the cogent application of donor cultivation tools. Why do we use what we choose? How do we move donors around the donor life cycle map using select cultivation tools? In the long run, we may save money and save resources for our nonprofit organizations. And I think the third reason I wrote the the book was really personal. I'd spent a lot of time in academia. I thought I had something to say, and I always wanted to write a book. And this was the first time that I really felt that I had – that which was important enough to put between the covers, and obviously Wiley felt the same way and agreed to publish it.
1: Well, and, and Wiley, as as we all know, is is quite particular um, about you know picking the very best content and, and those who have um, you know a, an important contribution to make. So, help us um, understand the paradigm. Uh, based on cultivation, and of course the donor life cycle map itself is sort of the the basis of our discussion today. And uh, as you know, and I'll point out to um, our listeners today, is uh, in the the program notice for today, which can be found at tedhart.com, click on radio, um, you also can find the uh, donor life cycle map in the radio links today at tedhart.com as well. So we, we've posted it a couple of different places to make sure that everybody can find it as they're listening today, but also listening on the podcast later.
3: Thanks, Ted. I came to the concept or the paradigm probably maybe indirectly. I, like probably many of your listeners, worked as an employee in not-for-profit organizations, and I always did donor cultivation, I guess somewhat intuitively, I knew that I wanted more donors the next year, giving more money the next year. And so we wrote letters, and we had face-to-face meetings, and we had brochures, and we had newsletters, and we developed social media content, et cetera, and so forth. And then I went and became a consultant, and I had innumerable calls asking how, uh, asking me to help them raise money. They were in some kind of financial distress, and they needed between a half a million dollars and a million dollars very, very quickly. And so I was considered a fundraising expert. What do we do was pretty much the request. And when I asked people, well, what have they done to cultivate donors, there was always very little or even sometimes no response. So then I questioned myself, and I said, okay, maybe I don't know what donor cultivation really means. So I honestly went to Webster's Dictionary, and I looked up cultivate. And as you probably recognize, it comes from agriculture, and it means to foster the growth of. So the next question became, well, how does that apply to what we do in development? And the answer is pretty easy in in terms of two responses. We're trying to foster the growth of more donors, giving more money. But the third piece, when I really pushed myself, was we want to provide donors with more opportunities to give. So it was really to foster the growth of more donors, more money, and more opportunities. Then I came across Sarah Cliston's donor lifecycle map on the 101 fundraising blog, to which you alluded at the beginning of the show. And for those of you who can see it, it's circular in design, and I'll just describe it very quickly um, because of those of you who cannot see it, it goes, it's divided into sectors. So probably from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock is first gift, then another sector is second gift, and maybe 2.30 to 3 is second year active. The major part of the donor life cycle is multi-year active. And, again, you talked about the people that we can count on every single year to give to us. Then maybe from 9 o'clock to 10.30 is major or stretch giving, and stretch giving relates to the capacity of the donor. And finally, from 11 to 12 is ultimate giving. Mm-hmm. And if I, when I looked at this diagram, I said, wow, This is actually what I'm trying to say in terms of why do we cultivate. We want to get people in the door. We want to move them along so that they're on a donor journey with us. And that's what the concept of cultivation is about. We want more donors coming in the door and staying with us over more opportunities. And her first gift, second gift, all the way to ultimate giving really Demonstrated what all of these opportunities actually are, so that's where I got the, the definition of cultivation. The use of the graphic to illustrate the definition, and then finally I said to myself, "Okay, we have all of these cultivation tools, many of which I've mentioned. How do we use them effectively to move donors around the donor life cycle map? When are these cultivation tools?" Appropriate, and when are they not? And that is really the paradigm.
1: Well, and, and, and it's fascinating, and I think it, I think for for all of us, um, and I do encourage everyone to go to tedhart.com and click on radio links and and to be able to see this because I, I you did a, a really wonderful job giving sort of the the visual description here, but to, to see it as well really kind of drives it home. And and this is this really what I like about this is it really starts making sense of sort of the age-old donor pyramid, um, which, which, of course, has some utilization but doesn't speak to the journey. And, that, and that's really, I think, what you bring to light here, um, is that these are real live people um, who are starting a relationship with an organization. How successful will that be, but, but what's the, the path for that journey? Correct. And, and so where, is looking at the donor life cycle, um, of course, you know, I, I think a lot of organizations are, are maybe better at sort of getting people into that first gift. Um, but then what do you do from there and how do you build that relationship and how do you have that dialogue? So as you said, that's, you know, moving on to the second gift and then the second year active. Help us just that that, that 25% uh... that quarter of the the circle that that makes up the donor life cycle map can you just get us through that in terms of description
3: well the cultivation tools that i recommend for the, getting from the first gift to the second gift is always thank you thank you thank you thank you and man if we can do a personal thank you if we can say to somebody wow you are a new donor to our organization Why did you give? What stimulated your giving? And to me, that's the key in all of this, because once we listen to the donor and we hear why, and I really don't care what size the gift. Now, I understand in some departments and they get thousands of new donors, you can't give everybody a personal why or ask them personally. But to me, that's the place to start. And even if we can do a sample and pick up the phone, the second piece is obviously to once we have thanked a person and thank them as much as possible in a personal way, not a template letter that we used the year before and the year before that and the year before that. And even or, or even rec-
1: worse, Debbie, even worse, you know, which, I, which I find absolutely astounding is um, where the check comes in and, and the most the organization feels that they have any value is they'll send a postcard.
3: Well, you Not know, even a I, well, Not even a letter. You, you know what? If they have a huge number of donors, and I say in the book, Ted, that, okay, if you got a huge number of donors, at least if you're going to do a postcard, say thank you for my, th- this being your first gift. Recognize right. the fact that this donor is, has some uniqueness to you.
0: We right. really
3: appreciate that you took the time. In other words, make them understand that in your database you have noticed that they are a new donor. And then begin to say, okay, to yourselves and in your strategic plan, how do we move this donor to next year? So we've used a personalization of some sort. Now we may want to send them a newsletter. We may want to, if they get together with them, let's say it's a new donor but it's an alumna or it's a new donor and it's a parent in a school. So there may be areas where they can be brought together to meet one another. Obviously social media. I think a phone can move them to a second year where it says, you know, you gave last year. How come you gave to us last year, and can we yeah. ask you for a gift this year?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, so as long as any- it's conversational. As long as it's conversational and sort based-
0: of like right. like
1: hit and run, you know, we, we need your money, send it now, but, but have it be relationship-driven.
3: Well, and there are, there are two other things that I think are important to this. Number one is, yes, the conversation. That, that's clear. But the second one is I propose something very different in the book, and I propose a flattening out of our staffing so that instead of having somebody in planned gifts and instead of having somebody in major gifts and somebody for young leadership and somebody for women and somebody for foundations and somebody for corporations and all of these various um, items that have sometimes been, been referred to as silos, I think that the staffing should be first gift, second gift, second year active, and moving the person on to multi-year active
1: where then another person takes yeah, over. management. Yeah. Yeah, uh, How do you think that would change the dynamics of a development office if they were to move to that staffing pattern?
3: Well, in that way, somebody is really responsible and accountable for not only getting people in the door, but for moving them on. And as you know, as well as I know, the amount of data that have been collected of late on donor churn, this kind of staffing would really make somebody responsible for this first section, the first couple of sectors in the donor life cycle map. And, by the way, well, another way the, to bring – pardon me?
1: Well, I was just going to say that's one of the reasons why we're so excited to have you here on the show today because our regular listeners know over the last uh, month or two we've been uh, carrying, uh, covering here on the show um, various reports from the AF re, AFP report to, to others – talking about this growing crisis of retention.
3: Right, right. And I think um, this model is really the key to it, is retaining, retaining, make sure people can listen, making sure our staff knows about what ultimate gift planning is, knows about how to have a face-to-face conversation, knows how to pick up the phone, And one of the things that I'm recommending to all of my clients is in your thank you letters, not only do you want to personalize them, but talk about the history of giving. Make sure people realize, you said it right at the top of your show, make sure that people pay attention to all of those donors who have been giving to them for years. And your notes and your letters and your requests and your conversation have to say thank you for your history of supporting us this is what we've accomplished. You talked about impact on your show. This is what we expect to co- accomplish down the road. We hope you will continue with us so that we can all implement and come to our mission.
1: Well, I think that, that, that really is so important is to to draw that, that connection for your donors, um, particularly early on in the donor life cycle as you're getting them acquainted. I, I often... Uh, tell people that, um, you know, those early donors, I refer to them as donors with training wheels um, right. because they're they're just, they're giving that first gift, they're trialing it out, they're saying, how does it feel to be a donor with your organization, am I respected, do I matter, um, and if all that they see from you is give us more, give us more, give us more, and there's no sort of accountability that you create for yourself that says, listen, we take your money seriously, we're going to report to you, we're going to thank you, we're going to all the things that you've talked about, that's how you move people on. But as you and I both know, organizations, you'll get an initial gift, $10, $25, $50. Um, and then they, they've lost the donor, but they keep mailing. You know, Ten years later, they're still hoping that maybe by accident – Uh, that person will slip a check back to the organization rather than really analyzing the data and saying who is actually giving, why do they give, just the questions that you were asking is understanding what is that dynamic.
3: Exactly, exactly. I'll give you one example that I bring up in the book. My father passed away several years ago at 102 years old, my mother at 93. I am still getting the magazines from their alma mater's.
1: Oh my those goodness. are
3: very <laughs> expensive magazines. Very
1: expensive, that's right.
3: And nobody is looking at the fact that if somebody was 102 three or four years ago, A, is he even alive? B, can he see? Three, if he's never written a check to you in all of those years, why are you still mailing to him? And I said to you right at the beginning when you said, why did I write the book? It's exactly for that reason. Let's stop wasting resources. Let's see what tools we really should use and need, and then let's begin to plan them more strategically, rationally, whatever word we want to use.
1: Exactly. Well, uh, uh, Deborah Kaplan-Polvi is our guest today here on... Uh, the nonprofit coach uh, debbie we're going to take a quick station break here when we come back i want to really jump into what is when you look visually at the donor life cycle map uh... half of the map is that multi-year active, um, which, which leads up to the major or stretch giving, what needs to happen in that time to maintain the relationship but also to start building towards that last quarter, if you will, of the, of the life cycle. We're going to be right back uh, with Debbie as our expert here right after this break. Just a programming note here, um, just get your uh, pencils out to make sure that your calendars are up-to-date. We are live here today with Deborah Kaplan-Polovee on the Donor Life Cycle Map. Uh, next week um, December 3rd here on the Nonprofit Coach uh is a terrific day to catch up on past podcasts we will not have a live show uh here I will be in New York uh for the launch of the World Giving Index uh some more information on that certainly watch our Twitter feed for details there we will then be live back here on the Nonprofit Coach on December 10th very exciting very timely and an important show Uh, The absolutely amazing Bruce Hopkins will be here talking about the tax law of charitable giving, and this is the, uh, without a doubt, the foremost expert in the United States on this topic. And then we're going to wrap up 2013 with our annual holiday show, and of course, it is never an annual holiday show without Kay Sprinkle Grace. Kay Sprinkle Grace will be here, be here talking about the new year, uh, your success plans for the new year. Uh, we will then be on uh, our holiday hiatus. Uh, we'll come back to you live uh, in January. So that's the uh, uh, programming between now and uh, the end of our program schedule here on the nonprofit coach, which will end um, for 2013 on December 17th with K Sprinkle Grace. We're going to have a very uh, uh, timely notice here uh, from uh, to, or from I'm sorry, from Google on services that are available for nonprofit organizations. Then we'll be live again with Deborah Kaplan-Polovee.
4: Every day, millions of people are are online, online. many of whom want to help, volunteer, volunteer, and donate donate to a good cause. cause. Nonprofit Nonprofit organizations organizations can use many Google tools to reach reach potential donors around the world and and raise raise more money. money. And as an approved approved nonprofit, it doesn't cost doesn't cost a thing. It's all free. Google Grants Google helps grants you promote your website promote your with web free advertising, advertising on Google.com, Google.com through, the through the AdWords program. With Google with AdWords, AdWords, program. Program. With Google AdWords you, create you create ads and choose ads and or words or phrases, or phrases related to your or nonprofit organization. organization. When people search, people on, Google search on Google using on Google one, one, of phrases, one of your phrases, your ad will appear next to the Google, to the Google search, search, results search results under the Sponsored Links the sponsored link section. AdWords allows you to target certain geographic areas, dates, and times of day for your ads to appear. YouTube for Nonprofits nonprofits is another tool that can boost donations to your organization. organization. The program offers a number of perks perks that get your your message out there and and drive viewers to take action and donate. donate. You can list your organization organization on YouTube's nonprofit channel and add add call-to-action overlays on your your videos videos to drive viewers to to donate. donate. Need help analyzing your your website traffic and marketing effectiveness? Google Analytics is a free free tool that will give you rich insight and help you increase increase the number of people that that visit and and donate to your site. Google Google Analytics can be invaluable invaluable to many people in your your organization, such as development directors, directors, marketing staff, and your web team. There are many there are other many tools other that can tools help you can reach more donors, and raise, donors and raise funds, like Google Checkout, like Google where Checkout, you can process you can credit card credit donations, card with, donations with, no with no transaction fee, Google Sites to funds, create a free website, free website and Website, and optimizer, website optimizer, optimizer, where you can figure you out can the figure best, out landing, best pages landing pages to turn site visitors, turn into, donors. visitors into donors. To get started, to get apply, to apply for Google for Nonprofits today.
0: Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at TedHeart.com. Click on Radio Link. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart.
1: And this is your host, Ted Hart, live here with Deborah Kaplan-Polovee and the Donor Life Cycle Map. Uh, so, Debbie, um, we're back talking about the life cycle itself, and the vast majority or half of the entire circle that makes up the, uh, the life cycle. Um, is uh, is that of the um, uh, the active donor, moving moving them out of that second-year active to multi-year active. What does that mean, and how do you get there? Well,
3: number one, uh, yeah, number yeah, one I, think yeah, I think let's step, step, back, step back a minute back and go to the, second, to the second, second gift. gift. People, okay. who People who have made a second, a gift, a second gift are candidates for second-year second year active year or, multi-year or multi-year active. Year active. So for, example, so, for example, you may want to pick, up, want the pick the up the phone and call and somebody call who's somebody, made a second-year second gift and said, you, you, know, you know, we have all we of have these all opportunities. opportunities. You can go on the on-site on, Visit. Visit. You can participate in the, participate committee, in the committee, et cetera, et cetera, et et cetera so forth. and so forth. There are a lot of people lot of that are, are going to say, you know what, I love your organization. Love your organization. You're doing a You're great, doing job, great job, but, but I, I, don't I, 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 I don't have the time to be active, to be active in, active in it. it. So that person so that is, is going to jump, jump, jump from second gift to multi-year active and pretty much skip that second-year active sector. And then, of course, the person who's in the second-year active sector who participates in all of these opportunities, they usually, unless you really, really annoy, them, annoy them, are going to move off the to the multi-year active sector. active sector. So there are really so two ways, two to, ways get to get there. there. Now, now, once somebody once gets somebody to multi-year, gets multi-year active, active, that's the that's arena the where, arena I, think where I think people are pretty, people much, are pretty much ignored. ignored. And, In and
1: the how multi- so? How, how so are ignored?
3: Okay, let's say okay, you let's have, an say event. have an event and people People are are coming to the event, event and whom are you going to pay the most attention to if you're a staff 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 person person. or even a board member in your job of hosting hosting or or cajoling cajoling a donor? You're going to pay attention to the people people who are your your first-time donors. donors. You're going to pay attention to your major gift donors. That was the way in which we've always operated. Ted excuse, Ted, excuse me one minute. I'm, getting, I'm an getting an, an echo. echo. Is there any way Does we can, get, way rid can get
1: rid of that? Uh, I'm not getting it, but let me just uh, try putting you on hold and bringing you back.
3: Okay. Okay. Ah, uh, that's uh, much, better. Okay. much better. Is that much no, better? It's, no, still it's still an echo. Okay, as long oh, as, no, as no, you're, no, not, getting
1: you're not getting it. I, I'm not, um, and so, I, I'm sorry so, that so you are.
3: So that's really one of the ways ways in which we we don't pay attention to the people who are regulars regulars at our events. We expect them to be there. there. We don't recognize them. We don't, don't, I don't know, we don't don't host them them in the way we might host these these other two two categories. The other thing that I think is fascinating fascinating about the the multi-year active sector, sector, which is is what I began began to realize realize in writing writing the book, book, is if we take the old-fashioned donor donor pyramid, pyramid, the major major section, the largest largest section of that that pyramid pyramid is is the base. Those are the people who who have been giving us the the smallest amount of money. money. If you overlap overlap that donor period period on the the multi-year active active component component of the donor life cycle cycle map, map, you have a great deal of people people who may be giving a long time, time, small amount of of money. money. And maybe they have never, no one has ever paid attention to them. So, so I really, I really see, see that, that as the, as the major, major group, group that can be pushed, can be pushed up pushed to major, up stretch, to major giving stretch giving or ultimate, or ultimate, giving. ultimate giving.
1: Because the these are investors the who have been giving over uh, uh as you're saying, a longer period of time. So what you're raising sort of out of out of this uh, this area um is um the notion of longevity. That um, you know, paying Absolutely. It, they may not they may not be large donors. But someone, I'm, I'm guessing you're saying, you know, someone who has you know, sort of religiously given you $50 or $100 every single year, you may not be seeing them as someone who can move along the life cycle. But what you're saying is here's a missed opportunity.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and moreover, moreover these, are, these the are the people who, who are certainly, who certainly ultimate, ultimate giving prospects. And if, and we, if have we have a flat a staffing, staffing, someone is going to finally attention pay attention to these people, to these people as, opposed as opposed to writing a template, writing a template letter, letter and getting the donation year after year after year. Other things that Other can things be done, can to, be move done, move done to move, along move them along is special recognition special groups, recognition people groups. who've been people giving people 25 giving years or more, 10 years or more, whatever the notion that a nonprofit selects. Events. for for people who've been giving giving for this amount of time, time. Uh, special Uh, special educational educational opportunities. opportunities. And one of the things that I read and I agree agree is there's so many people people in this sector who no one really knows, knows, doesn't know what their capacity capacity is, is, and therefore having never met with them, them, doesn't even know what their interests interests are, are, and um, um, hasn't even asked them for what's been called that transformational gift, or at least the capacity gift at their own income level.
1: So, so the, the sort of restructuring of the the traditional development office, or the restructuring of how we view uh, donors, I'm, I'm taking away from what you're saying is moving it out of sort of that immediate what are you going to give to me this year, um, and taking a look at more as your life cycle says, sort of the the lifetime value, the 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 longer term relationships that may never have surfaced as being major. But cumulatively, they might.
3: And not only that, not only but, that but, the, but once, you have, once you have a discussion with these people, with these people and you people get to know them, your, your annual, annual campaign, campaign, yes. But they yes, also, but may, they be also may be candidates for capital for gifts. Capital gifts. They, may they may be candidates for special, for special opportunities. opportunities. They may be, they endowment, be endowment potential, potential donors. donors. They may be deferred, may be deferred, deferred gift, gift potential donors. donors. You never know. Sit and talk with them. Organizations, organizations are always, are always finding, finding that they're getting, that they're getting requests from people, from people that people gave them that small gave them amounts, amounts over long, over periods, long of periods of time. What might have what happened might have had happened we, talked, had to we talked, talked to them? To had, them we had we gotten to, to know them?
1: Exactly. So, so what are some of the the, the tips you you said? Um, you know, picking up the phone and calling. But but it also comes down to whose job is it? Is that right?
3: That's exactly. That's exactly so, and, and it's and, got and to it's be got a priority. We, I, we've we all we've learned all that the learned large that parts large of any parts campaign come from your, come major, from your donors. major donors. And so we and know so we, know have, we to make have to make th- this. I'm to, sorry I'm to sorry keep, keep interrupting you, but this, this, this echoes. It's very hard to, um, hard to uh, answer uh, you. Answer but in you. any no, case, I'm we I'm all so emphasize, emphasize the major donors. We all emphasize the first gift donors. So, so my thinking, thinking is, is we've got to start, got to emphasizing, start emphasizing these multi-year, active, multi-year donors active donors and do so through, through all, kinds of, all tools. kinds of tools.
1: Great. But we're going to primarily take a, a, the face-to-face
3: a, a, uh, conversations, uh, conversations, the annual, the annual reports. reports. I think donor I think satisfaction donor surveys are very, are very important. We not only, we have, not to only have to, to know what we well, do well, but we need, need people need to tell us what we're not doing so well. Exactly. And how
1: we can change. Uh, Debbie, I'm going to uh, give you an opportunity to dial back in. We're going to take a, a really quick break. We're going to have uh, uh, a little bit of an introduction uh, for some opportunities at Microsoft, and we'll be right back live with Deborah kaplan Pulavi. So dial right back in, Deborah.
5: Okay, thank you. Okay. Introducing, Introducing the new
1: office. The new office.
5: Explore new services that personalize your experience and enjoy the freedom of Office when and where you need it with seamless roaming access to your application, your documents, your personalized settings. It's the Office you know and trust. Transform. Office introduces exciting new features and a gorgeous new look that make it easier for you to get things done. Express your ideas. And stay connected. Sign into your account from virtually anywhere and discover your documents and settings that stay with you on the Windows 8 devices you love. Imagine. Connect. Discover. Welcome to your modern office. Try it today. Today.
1: And we're back live uh, with Deborah Kaplan Paul v. Deborah is that or uh, Debbie, is that a little bit better?
3: Yes, it's much yes. better. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Okay, good, good. Uh, no, well you know, always yeah, take a station no, but, break to yeah. make sure that you've got what you need. So um, so bring us bring us back to um the, the donor life cycle. Um, and keeping in mind that uh, you know, we have a, about 10 minutes left, um, I do want to make sure that um, uh, some of the more interesting uh, conclusions that you've drawn and then how do we bring it full circle into those major sort of lifetime gifts.
3: I think one of, think the, conclusions one of the conclusions that I draw, that maybe, I the, draw, most maybe the most important, is the role is of, the the of the CEO in this whole, in this whole process. process. The uh, Compass uh, Point Compass report, report, report funded and about by the, funded Haas, by the Foundation Haas Foundation, which came out, I think, earlier, out, I think, in, the earlier year. in the year, states very states clearly, very clearly that, the that the CEO is the one, is the in one the, on, the the, the, on the bottom line that creates the, um, the um, culture or the, the or the environment of philanthropy. philanthropy. And I think and when I, think I read, when that, I read report, that report and I reflected, and I reflected back, back, on back on my own experiences, experiences I realized, I realized those, organizations those organizations in which we did, which we did well really well in, well in terms of fundraising, fundraising even, up, even until up until that, until that, that ultimate gift, that we had a CEO 100% behind us. And in those Organizations, organizations when, we did, when not, we did not, the CEO, the CEO was really was almost, really an, almost impediment an impediment to the development, to the development process. process. So that was a so that very was a important very conclusion important in writing, the, writing book. the book. I think so one of the other – I'm sorry, go on. Sorry, who go
1: your, well, that comes back to your sort of reorganizing of staffing because that now requires boards of directors. Uh, to be putting emphasis on that when they're hiring a CEO because there, there are a number of CEOs that do not view that as their job and, the, and they go and hire somebody and make it their job. But what you're saying is you can't separate the two if you truly want to be successful.
3: 100%.
1: 100%. The other
3: major – I'm sorry, go on.
1: I'm sorry, go no, on. No, no, you go ahead.
3: The other major the other conclusion – conclusion, I think, for me, or it wasn't another major, but a, uh, not maybe a major, but an interesting, was really really the role role of persuasion persuasion in development. In the old days, quote, unquote, we used a lot of of events. events. And an event, event? or when we think about events, events, somebody somebody has has to be involved involved in the organization and invite someone else to participate with them. Or someone you know, has to someone be an honoree and people, honoree and people, want, people want, to want to come because of the nature of the, of the nature honoree. And today's, in today's day and age, and you, you talked about, about, about it again, again at the, top, at the, of the, top, the top of the show, is the role of social, yeah, role social, media. Of social media. But social media, social media also depends upon, depends upon someone being, someone involved, being in involved in the organization and persuading somebody else to either click on a website or make a donation or what have you. So persuasion was a very, very big issue for me in terms of, in terms getting of getting first that first gift person, gift in, the person the door, in the door, but then and moving, then them, moving on them on throughout, throughout the donor lifecycle life map. map. Uh, and probably uh, and another probably piece another is piece obviously, obviously using your brochures, your brochures, using your newsletters, using your newsletters where you, where model, you model, model other donors. Other donors. And, um, it's, and um, always um, nice it's always nice to be nice able to conduct able an to interview, conduct interview with, somebody with somebody and not and ask, and for, ask money, for money, and then use and then the use data, the that, data, one data one that one collects in a in newsletter, a news or, newsletter brochure. or brochure.
1: Well, and, and that, there's so much power in in asking for advice and and actually sitting and listening to those that you're going to ultimately hope will support your organization.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Your book is just a fascinating opportunity. Uh, it's the Donor lifecycle Map, a new framework for fundraising published by John Wiley & Sons. What um, is the principal audience for this book?
3: Obviously, Obviously CEOs, CEOs and, and development, development staff, staff and, and nonprofit, non-profit organizations. organizations. You referred you to refer boards. To I think it's, very, it's important very important for boards, for to, read boards book, to read the not book, not only in terms of the hiring of hiring a CEO, of CEO, but in, terms, but of in terms of budgeting. All of us All depend, of depend upon budgets for which, for which the board is responsible, and I don't and think a don't budget think can, be, budget looked can be looked at, be year at from year, year to year, year to year. year. It has to be looked at over time because that's the model of the donor lifecycle cycle map. I well, and, of the course, third, the, the
1: third. emphasis for so many organizations is this year's budget, this year's budget, this year's budget. Exactly, Re- exactly. And, and, and so they, they sort of quite literally budget donors to give in a 12-month cycle. And what you're saying is the, the life cycle sort of trumps all of that if you truly want to obtain the kind of fundraising success that your organizations ought to have.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And you can't measure measure, based on what did we raise this year? year. How many new donors donors did we get get this year? year. We have to be able to look at two, three, four four years, years and and really hope that that all of those sectors sectors in the 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 donor donor life cycle cycle map will grow, grow. and that there will be more donors giving more money over more time. The third um, audience, I think, audience for, the book, I think for the book is students and students professors, and professors teachers, teachers, and nonprofit, and nonprofit management, management courses. courses.
1: Well, I certainly can see where they would benefit from that because they, I'm just sitting here reflecting on, you know, there's, there's a fair amount of criticism in sort of modern-day for-profit corporations, that they're very short-term focused, what's happening this quarter or money this quarter, rather than looking at building the value of their corporations over a longer period of time. And and this kind of points out that nonprofit organizations really are maybe not so much emphasis on the quarter, but certainly are much more short-term oriented than they ought to be.
3: Correct. The other thing that corporations have that we don't have so very much in in, um, nonprofits is money for research and demonstration. demonstration. So, yes, they're looking at the quarter in terms of the short short term, term, but they're putting money away, away, so to speak, speak, in investment investment for the future, future products down the line. And I'd like to see us do some of that, too. Take a look at how we raise money experiment with new things and see if, in effect, over time, They are, in fact, successful, successful, or if not, what do we do to tweak them to make them more more successful? successful.
1: Exactly. Fascinating uh, work here. Definitely food for thought as you're planning. Uh, for 2014 is what can you do to put your organization on a path for longer, sustainable growth uh, than just what gifts are coming in this year. Um, In the final couple of minutes that we have here on the show, uh, Debbie, can you make sure that my listeners know how to reach you?
3: I have a website, website, which is www.debrecolovey.com, and all of my contact information information is on that on that website.
1: Terrific, terrific. Well, keep up the uh, the wonderful work, and uh, certainly you have a home here on uh, the nonprofit coach. We very much agree with the long term value, the life cycle value of, non, of uh, nonprofit donors, um, and the emphasis that you're putting on thanking donors, building those relationships, and that sort of that, that hit and run fundraising that sometimes really can become the uh, uh, you know the the the, the, the the bottom line of, of sort of a lot of development uh, efforts. Uh, we've been live here with uh, Deborah Kaplan-Paul v here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, don't forget that next week is an opportunity to catch up on the hundreds of podcasts available at tedhart.com on all sorts of topics related to nonprofit management, uh, fundraising, and the nonprofit world. We will then be back live here on The Nonprofit Coach on December 10th. We will be here with Bruce Hopkins exploring the world of the uh, legal side of philanthropic giving. Uh, We will also celebrate on that day the Day of International Giving and wrap up our calendar for 2013 with the wonderful Kay Sprinkle Grace here on The Nonprofit Coach for our holiday show. Deborah, thank you for joining us again here
0: on The Nonprofit Coach.
3: Thank you, and a
0: happy holiday to you. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcast at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach. No bridge necessary. point we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? hide in my dentist's office.